Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host, Leo, and today we're talking about the video game, Stray. The lovely little game where you play as a cat. Now one thing I kind of, I, I messed up in the last thing, is I, uh, I'm releasing a, a batch of episodes together in, you know, to, to get things rolling, so it's going to be multiple episodes. Doi. <laughs> anyway. So today we are talking about the video game Stray, where you play as a little cute kitty. Uh, it is, it might not sound sci-fi based off that description, but uh, if you remember the trailer, or if you've heard of this game, uh, you're kind of going around these little this city where there's like robots and whatnot. So it it falls under sci-fi at the very least. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Let's go ahead and talk Stray. So it released in 2022 uh, for a variety of platforms. Um, I got it for free because it came as part of PS Plus. And I I, I primarily play on PlayStation. Uh, and so I got it on PS Plus. It's a really short game lasting from anywhere from like four to six hours ish to to get to the finish and then like a few more like to you know complete it although although there are you know some like trophies or achievements that take a little bit of extra time that can be a little bit annoying <laughs> so that's why i decided not to platinum it uh but yeah so i i started playing it and it was about what you expected or what you would expect, you know, you're playing a cat. So the game opens up with you and your cat pals just kind of palling about doing cat things. And you go up and you like play with one, rub up against another, and just straight up deck another with your paws. And then you all set off on a little walking journey. You know, going through these like ruins and you know, all this like moss and grass covered like old building. And as your companions are jumping across a gap in a pipe, uh, you go to jump and the pipe gives way and you just fucking plummet down <laughs> into into the, the abyss and the other cats just kind of watch. And that's where the game begins. And it, it's a very sad kind of opening when you gain control because the cat's limping and you just... You just feel you feel bad and sad. <laughs> At least I did. So you kind of start limping, and eventually the cat kind of you know, stretches things out and gets going. And you have to start working your way through these kind of alleyways and this like abandoned city-looking area, being guided by a voice in a camera. So these these cameras are like looking around, and a, a voice is coming out of it. And you follow the instructions to a settlement called the slums. And in this area, the the robots don't exactly take too kindly to you. Um, they they think you're uh what what was it? I can't remember the monster's name. It was they look like little um head crabs from 
It looked like a, a more of a mix of between head crabs from Half Life and the um, the Grabbers, I think they're called from from the Alien franchise, and they kind of like jump on you, latch on, and suck your blood away. They think you're that, but no, you're, you're just a cat. Once they deem you not a harm, they're they're, they're cool. Uh, but first, you follow the voice to get to this like room where it has you get the little droid body and whatnot, and it, it gets you a harness. It puts a harness on you that, so that it can charge itself. And um, that part of the game was both probably the highlight and also slightly one of the slightly more frustrating parts because it lasts for a really long time in, in comparison. So the, the cat puts the vest on and acts like you would or a cat would when a vest is put on it. At least it's exactly how my cats uh, behave when I put a little harness on them, which is it stays low to the ground and just starts like crawling and then will just like flop over and give up. And then it'll walk around and then flop over and then walk around and flop over. And it, it just does this for like a good three to four minutes, which doesn't sound like a whole lot of time. But I mean, when the game is only like five hours, it's kind of long. <laughs> Eventually, you kind of gain control and start exploring the the little robot thing that you have can translate what the the robot people can say. And you go around exploring talking to people and the the overall goal is to get back outside you know to get back to the outside world so you meet up with a group of robots called the outsiders they're this fringe group of people that strive to get outside of this weird underground ish city and so they they had built a plan and figured it out but as you come to learn, like, none of them really did anything. <laughs> you meet one member in the slums who tells you that you need to get a signal relay up so that, because he, he decided to stay behind when the others left because he was, he was kind of scared, but he ended up regretting his decision and does want to leave. So he has you go fit a thing to a tower and then come back and when you do that he then is able to contact one of his other one of the other members of the outsiders and gives instruction they give instructions on kind of how to get out which is to go through the sewer but to go through the sewer you need a, a device to help you fight off the weird gooby thing yeah, that i'm just gonna say the head crab things you you go find the guy that can do that bring him back and now you have like this cool thing that can actually fight the the head crab things, and it's like a it's just like a UV light because they they're sensitive to UV light, and so you you can fight them and whatnot, and then you begin a, a kind of sewer level where you actually have defense, <laughs> but in the process of going through this area, it breaks, but luckily that's like the end of the little head crab section. Then you progress to the this like little underground sanctuary village where everyone's kind of you know tranquil and peaceful and it's like a big tree uh, where you find the outsider that guided you through the sewers. Uh, sadly, in the process, you lose the other guy. He uh, he doesn't die. 
he just has to hold the door open for you because the like me the mechanics don't work so he just holds the door open while you go through you meet up with this other guy who's kind of like hooked himself up to these computers to meditate and whatnot uh he's given up he's just given up and the, he says there's only one of us left that actually wants like is actually actively trying anymore and she's in the next town over so just climb up this and you'll get there you do and luckily there's like not a whole lot of stuff in the way you get to the place called midtown and you discuss you find the person who's hiding out and is being hunted by the sentinels who don't want people to go to the outside world for some reason it's not really explained <laughs> they just don't so you help them do this like little espionage stealth mission thing to get a battery to power the subway so that you can get out but in the process you get locked up in prison as a cat <laughs> and you break out break them out they help you to get uh, your little robot companion back and you you book it but they also give up <laughs> basically saying not what we can't do it with the sentinels chasing us even though technically as long as we closed this gate and hid we'd have been fine but no they they book it being chased by sentinels you ride the subway to the control room where everything like all the big secrets and whatnot are revealed uh you open the city and you leave the big the big secrets aren't like all that all that big in comparison to some things it's kind of your standard um, post-apocalyptic humans fucked up kind of thing, mixed with some, you know, good old capitalist elitism. So basically, what happened was humanity was struck by a plague. They built these like underground cities to combat it, supposedly, or something else happened, and they were forced into the cities. And then a plague broke out. Like one of those two things happened. It's not really explained. <laughs> But basically, a plague struck while they were all in this thing, and all the humans died. Except for kind of they did, and kind of they didn't. So they kind of just started uploading themselves into their companion robots. Um, because they could, I guess. They uploaded themselves into the companion robots, continued living their lives, but I guess forgot that they were humans? Or forgot that they were robots? One of those things. They... They act very normal, you know, except for the robots that you meet um, in the control room, which are just just programmed as robots. And there's a kind of subtle thing that's sort of implied, but not like super explicitly stated, because the people that were in the control room were kind of elitist and they stayed up in the control room looking down on people, etc. At least that's how the little droid guy uh, states it. And it's implied that they've been dead for years, but you don't see any bodies or anything like that. But there are robots like outside the area, although they weren't allowed into the, the main control room area. So it might not be what happens, but they're set to do nothing but clean and have, I guess, been cleaning for like a couple hundred years. Uh, so I, I'm going to say that my headcanon is that the robots just doing their job cleaned up the corpses because that place is spotless. 
Yeah, in, in the events of the game, it's revealed that the droid guy was human. He was dying and decided to upload himself into the computer system. But, unlike, I'm guessing, most people that decided to upload themselves into things, his just got he just got trapped in the system while most people actually, you know, made it to their companion robots. He had to deal with being put in, like, this little toy drone thing that... <laughs> got strapped to a cat you know swings and roundabouts it's the roll of the dice sometimes you get put into your companion robot sometimes you are stuck in the computer system for hundreds of years and have to wait for a cat to get you out you know the end game situation where you you wait for a random rat to push a button anyhow <laughs> the gameplay for the game is fairly simple you know, you can walk around, run. Uh, jumping is left to contextual contextual prompts uh, as you get up to the edge of something. Uh, there's a dedicated meow button. So, you know, A plus, 10 out of 10, game of the year right there. <laughs> but uh, most of it, most of the game kind of boils down to flee, run away from the thing. Uh, the little robot has a flashlight that eventually becomes the UV light that you can use to actually defend yourself against the the goopy head crab monster things. But it's so short-lived that it feels pointless. Then, during the sentinel sections, you're supposed to... It's like a stealth mode where you can see where they're looking you know kind of metal gear solid-esque where you can see where the beam is where how much they can see and you can simply skirt around it and there's these cardboard boxes that you could jump into if you get spotted that would you know i'm guessing protect you you don't really need them they're they're put everywhere in these sections but they're kind of unnecessary you know like you don't need them because you can easily either stealth or outrun the the sentries. <laughs> then there is a slightly clever thing that they do with it, but again, it's super short-lived. Where in the prison, as you're getting right at the end of the section, you have to get their attention, draw them into a cell, and then close the door as you leave. You know, as a kind of like fast-paced, you know, trying to lock them in the cell. That's neat. You do it two times, and then it's done. <laughs> it's it's a kind of sad. Like they give you these kind of satisfying things to do, and then you don't do it much. It's just kind of given and then taken away, or it ends, or it's it's not terribly satisfying there. But I will say that overall, the game is just about everything I expected it to be. I mean, it's a little bit less, because I was kind of expecting it to just be a, a, a cat game. Like, you're, you're just a cat wandering around. But instead, it they added a slightly deeper humans are bad plot. And it's like a very weak one. Like, that is, you barely, it barely touches anything and doesn't really affect the cat. <laughs> Which, it reminds me of um, the zero punctuation thing where, you know, it's just a cat dead-faced 
Like, yeah. <laughs> because in the end, your your little droid guy sacrifices himself to help open the city, to bring light and like just open it. It's been closed forever, but the existence of this cat is proof that well, it's fine. The outside's fine. All the companions are probably people. Maybe. <laughs> and it's all good. So open the city. The little droid guy dies. The cat, in solidarity, kind of curls up next to it and sleeps. And then it, the droid guy becomes a sleep point. Because throughout the game, there's these like little contextual prompts to where you can just do cat stuff. So you can you know scratch up a carpet, scratch up a wall. Um, you can lay down and sleep. And one of the trophies is to lay down and sleep for an hour. So that's fun. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the trophies that I was saying that kind of pads out how long you'll play the game. But uh, the little droid guy becomes one of those contextual prompts to sleep. So you can, you know, you can sleep there whenever. Uh, other than that, you get up, and then you walk out the door, and then the cat's out in the open. And walks away. End of game. <laughs> so, it being fairly short and whatnot, I, I, would, I would definitely recommend it if you're looking for, like, a, a short, sweet game. I, it has moments of tension... But that's mostly because some of these sections are slightly weighted to be just, like, just enough for you to get through. Because some of these, there's like three to five running sections where you just have to book it through an area. Uh, where all these, like, the little headcrab things keep, like, spawning out. And you have to book it. And sometimes it it is by the narrowest margin that you get through. And I think that was kind of how they decided to like pad out the difficulty. Was to just pump enemies into this area so that it would just be by the narrowest of margin. Because when they latch on to you, it like slows you down and you're almost certain to just die. Because you can shake them off, but it's extremely difficult to do. I I I had so much trouble doing that. I was very happy once I got the UV light and I could like actually like pop the fuckers, but they just took that away from you fairly fast. So the game has some good catharsis in it here and there. Um, one thing that kind of confused me, besides the fact that people were talking to this cat as if it was like a normal like video game character. Yeah. Hello. How are you? Could you do this for me? And then they just expect the cat to do it. And I mean, fair enough to them because the cat actually does it. <laughs> like, like a guy is like, I need a shawl because I'm cold. I can't fix this tracker for you because I'm cold. So <laughs> you go and ask an old woman robot, like, could you knit knit the guy? Well. She pretty much looks at you and is like, I want to knit you a shawl, but before I do that, I need some wire. So you get her the wire, and, you know, she 
gives you a shawl. And I was thinking it was going to be like a little poncho for the cat. But it it wasn't. Which was kind of disappointing. But, oh well. <laughs> um, then, there are sections where, like, you think you're going to have, like, a long-term guy coming with you. Like a companion joining you on your journey. Um, no. So, for example, when you have to go find a guy or the guy to get you the UV light to pop the little crab head guys. Uh, you get his son and that's where you have to get the tracker and whatnot. And then the shawl, but you, you get the tracker fixed and your son's like, okay, cool. Let's, or not your son. You get the tracker fixed and his son is like, yeah, let's, let's go get, get my dad. And literally he opens the door walks with you a bit and he's like nah they're gonna get me so uh you go ahead you're faster <laughs> and it's like okay cool and then when you get to his dad it turns out he's just like a couple of turns away from actually getting home like he, he wasn't far at all like <laughs> like he, he probably could have made it his worry was that like the the thing, he couldn't charge it, so he was just kind of stuck, supposedly for years, from the sounds of it. Just waiting. For no reason. <laughs> there are some... Like, the humor in the game's pretty good. Like, there's, there's a fair few good jokes here and there. But, some of it is kind of forced. For example, I mean, to be fair, it's completely optional side stuff that you probably wouldn't notice except for one thing where the guy who's making the the uv light uh, says that it runs on 1.21 gigawatts and he looks like doc uh doc brown from from uh back to the future <laughs> it's like okay sure then you come across a guy that you don't necessarily need to talk to at all ever so it's hidden, but he says that he ran a bar, like the most successful bar, until he took a screwdriver to the knee, and he hasn't been able to run a bar since. Which is obviously a reference to the Skyrim joke, the guy that took the arrow to the knee and could no longer be an adventurer. Which is like, eh, okay, but how... How? 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 What does that have to do with this? Like, it makes sense in Skyrim. Because in Skyrim, you're an adventurer. And the guy's jealous. He's like, ah, oh, you know, I used to be like you, but then I took an injury and now I have to do this, you know, smaller thing. Where this guy, he used to be a, a bartender, took a screwdriver to the knee, and now he just is sad and does nothing. <laughs> It's really sad, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's much else that I have to say on this particular game. Uh, the twists are fairly light. The frustrations aren't 
too big. I did set the game down for a little bit halfway through playing it because I don't know, it's, it's, it, there was more to it than I thought. And <laughs> like I was thinking, oh, you know, you explore this one area, then you leave and you're done. But no, you have like three ish, technically four areas that you kind of explore with like some sub areas in between that that do lengthen it so it turned out being to be more than i thought it was which isn't necessarily a bad thing i do overall like it and i do recommend you play it it's you know it's relatively cheap if you like cats you'll have a good time uh it has some pretty good humor the robots are fun and cute. There's no real, like, enemy to speak of. Like, in Midtown, the sentries are kind of suggested to be the big enemy. But they're not, really. <laughs> like, they made it seem like the, there's, like, this big mega corporation, like, cracking down and whatnot. Kind of Blade Runner-esque. But... It's just these, like, little floating sentries. No, like, no one's really controlling them. I'm guessing before, it used to be, like, the control room would control them. And they've just been kind of running on autopilot, keeping people from leaving. But, it, it's weird. And the thing I also don't fully get... The thing that I also don't fully get is when you open the roof, the sunlight comes in, and there's like this beautiful cut scene as the sun's opening it. And the game looks beautiful, by the way. I will say that it looks beautiful. But as the sun's coming out and you're able to finally see this landscape with some like light. Uh, the little head crab guys pop, which is nice. It's like, oh yeah, you know, that makes sense. Because, you know, he theorized that the sunlight or UV light would kill it, kill them. Which was proven when he made his thing. And then when the sun came out, they popped. The thing that doesn't fully make sense, though I guess if you dig a little bit deeper, it kind of does, is that when the sunlight hits the sentries, they also die. Which you think wouldn't be the case. You think that they would still, you know, do the thing. But my guess is that they were set, you know, pre-programmed to keep people inside the, the city. So, what what happens when the roof opens? Uh, the protocol is no longer in place, so shut down the things. But it's weird that it did it like as the sun hit them, they turned off. It's it's weird. But other than that, it, it's fine. It's fun. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> it's just not super in-depth. So if you like a nice, chill game, you know, go for it. It's fun. But other than that, I think that's good for this episode. And it's another short one. It, it, these, <laughs> these are going to be relatively short because some things I just don't have all that much to talk about. I'm not going to be getting two-hour episodes here, you know? <laughs> Which is fine. You know, not all content needs to be super long and drawn out. You know, just some nice bite-sized things here and there. Some things will be longer. Um down the line probably but when the content's short the episode will definitely be short because there's not a whole lot to talk about 
So, hoo <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked this, uh, please, you know, subscribe. Check check this check this out. Check out uh, other episodes. Um, I may or may not be li- uh, <laughs> live streaming on my YouTube channel, uh, Leo Legionnaire. I, uh, I'm very concerned about the prospect of live streaming currently because my computer seems to be like a ticking time bomb. Hopefully I've fixed the issue, but I don't think I have. <laughs> my, my computer, since I did upgrades on it, has become more power and uh, cooling demanding, and the, the case I have for it is not currently able to provide either of those things. <laughs> so it, it, it is a rock on an unstable pedestal on an unstable you know thing so doing long form live streams i'm worried might tax my computer too much and force it to like die in the middle of the stream so i've been very hesitant to live stream recently but i will eventually get over that hesitancy and i will continue my chrono trigger live stream it will not be on twitch it will be on youtube gaming because i've decided eh, i might as well do it over there you know because every once in a while I hop between. And now I'm on... that I should probably hang out on YouTube gaming. Because like I don't really have a fan base uh, on there. Or on anything. So I might as well move over there. It'll be good. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Uh, other than that. Uh, I will probably maybe kind of sort of be doing stuff. Uh, posting. like Like if you want to know when this stuff's going to go up. You know, check the Twitter, uh, Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. If you have topic suggestions, like something you want me to check out, or um, you know, just general reviews or comments, feel free to email at uh, Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy uh, at gmail dot com. It is long, I know, but uh, go ahead and just check the description. It's there. <laughs> it's. It, I don't know why Google let me have a ridiculously long email name, but they did, and I took it, damn it. It's really long. It's the entire title of the show in email form. It's it's beautiful. Uh, Goodbye.